When I am anchored in God's divine design, I am fully alive. Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. There is no greater applause than when you announce there's prayer with fasting, is there? And man, I am excited for what God's going to do. And I, and I truly do believe that this is a strategic time for our church. This is a strategic time for you. And I believe that fasting is something that will create breakthrough in you and in our church and in our city. And we want to invite every single person to be a part of that. Are you ready for it? I just feel like we need to pray for this. I just feel like we just need breakthrough. Amen. Anybody need breakthrough in their lives? Let's do that. So Lord Jesus, I just pray for breakthrough in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that as we come to you, Lord, your word declares that if we seek you with all of our heart, that you will come close to us. If you draw unto you, you will draw unto us. So I pray, God, that we would press in closer than ever before. I pray for all of us to have a spirit of faith today that we believe that you are the same God that can move mountains, Lord Jesus. So I pray, God, as we prepare our hearts for this week and for Vision Sunday next Sunday, that we would see an amazing move of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Portland Christian Center. My name's Nate. Uh, I am the lead pastor here along with my wife, Mayel, who's up here, and our two boys, Titus and Tate. We are loving Portland. Portland, are you loving Portland? Yes. Someone was like, please stop the rain. And I heard another person say, uh, then it wouldn't be Portland. I mean, this is what we live in, right? Come on, liquid sunshine is good for the soul. So uh, at least by faith in Jesus' name. But man, to be honest, we are loving Portland, loving what God's doing at Portland Christian Center and in all the lives. We're just seeing testimonies of so many cool things. Last week, um, we continued our series. We're talking about Anchored. How many have enjoyed Anchored so far? Yes? They good? We're in, um, we're in Ephesians, and we talked about trust the anchors. Remember that? Trust the anchor. And we had some uh, carabiners out here. Remember, we want to be anchored in him. We don't want to be lost. So just a quick reminder of that. So last week we said trust the anchor. Well, Today, I want to start off with a, um, a, a little bit uh, different. We're going to be in Ephesians 2. By the way, grab your Bibles if you have them, Ephesians chapter 2. But in a galaxy far, far away, the Tri-Cities, this was created at the Linseth home. i got to be very careful. Tate will not have it if I break that. This is Lego Star Wars. Are we excited about this? Now, I know two things about Legos. Number one, if you step on one in the middle of the night, there is no greater pain. And number two, the more pieces there are, the more you need instructions, patience, and someone to massage your neck afterwards because you're going to be in trouble. This little guy right here had 660 pieces to, to do this little uh, nice piece of work. But you know what's interesting about Legos 
is somebody, some amazing person, maybe a few people, had to dream or think or imagine what it would take to build this. They had to actually design this. We have some engineers in the, in the church. It takes a lot of work to plan and prepare every little piece to get it to look like this. Somebody had a dream. And that got me thinking, you know, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I am so thankful for a man of God who stood up and said something wasn't right. This is not okay. And he preached the gospel. He preached and he stood up and he said, no, no, not on my watch. And I think, you know, at Portland Christian Center, we have some people like that here today that are saying, no, 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 no. Gates of hell, you will not prevail. We serve a God who is greater than all those things. And I remember hearing the very first time Martin Luther King's speech, his famous speech in, in August of 1963, I Have a Dream. And I want to read for you uh, just a few um, paragraphs of what he said. And this is what it was. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountainside shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Come on. This is our hope. Yeah, we should clap for that. Come on. That's really good. This is our hope. This is the faith that I will go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. Wow. Not only is that great writing, but his dream actually started with our Heavenly Father. Most people don't realize he's actually quoting Isaiah 40 verse 4. Here's what Isaiah 40 verse 4 says. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. What, why am I saying all that to you? From Legos to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., God had a plan. God had a plan for me. He had a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. He is the great designer. He is the one that thought of you before you were even born. Psalms 139 tells us, in your mother's womb, he knew you. All about you. The idiosyncrasies, the smells, the tastes, all the fun things that make you you. God was thinking of you. And he made you on purpose for a purpose. And today I want to encourage you that in order to experience what God has for you in your uh, created design by God, that you need to be anchored in him to see that happen. And I want to put the big idea up on the screen. And I hope you'll write this down. Is that when you, here we go, we're going to put that up real quick. When I am anchored in God's divine design, I am fully alive. Did you hear that? When I am anchored in God's divine design, I am fully alive. But here's the problem. A lot of people think they're alive, but they're not. 
In John 10.10, it says, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they have life and have it to the full. That's what Jesus came to do for you and for me. Turn your neighbor and say, Jesus came to give you life. Turn your neighbor and say, you too. Here's the question, though. If that's true, which I believe it to be true, why are so many people not experiencing a full life in Christ? I'm going to rephrase that again. Why are so many people who would say they are Christians not experiencing a full life in Christ? And if I were to go around to each and every one of you, I bet you would have some good answers. You could say this, this, or this, circumstances, things like this, but here's the good news. We don't have to just make it up. You know how we know the answer? The Bible actually tells us. Ephesians is going to tell you exactly why people would think they're alive, but they're actually dead. So turn your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and here's what it says. By the way, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing from Rome to the church in Ephesus around AD 63, and he's in prison. And this is what he writes. As for you... You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature deserving wrath. I looked up a definition of wrath. Wrath is extreme anger, dead in sin. Why are so many people not experiencing life in Christ? Physically, there's a shell that's alive, but spiritually, they are dead. Dead. Completely dead. And the only way to come alive is through Christ. But the problem is so many people think the life that they're living is alive. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people celebrate their brokenness and have no idea what they're missing. You see, the reason I'm so passionate about being anchored in Christ is because if the world sees you and me anchored in Christ and fully alive, they're going to say, I want that. That's the life I've been missing. Tell me, what, how did you do this? How did that happen? You see, the only way it's possible is when you're anchored in Christ. I want to put the big idea up one more time. When I am anchored in God's divine design, I am fully alive. But, but here's the problem. We have Legos right here, right? We all like these Legos. But you know, if you're kind of new to the Lego land, you will see that they now actually have numbers for you of which bag to open as you get through. Specific instructions over and over. And you get a box and you're so excited to make it. But, but here's the problem. Just like so many people, when they come to their life, they think they've got it all figured out. I know exactly what's going to happen. 
I know everything. And so what ends up happening is they take, oh, I'll start with this bag. Five, ah, who are they to tell me what to do? And so we go like this. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Look at how great my life is. Wow, I could do whatever I want. Look at my creation. Aren't you impressed? As silly and funny as that is, the truth is we want to be our own designer. We want to be in charge of everything. I want to be in charge. And don't worry if you're like, how did you know? It's been the same problem ever since Adam and Eve. If we go back all the way to Genesis, all the way back, all the way back, you go to the garden. This is exactly how the serpent tempts Eve. Now, I got to be really careful here, fellas. We're like, if it wasn't for the lady, actually, if you read the scripture, Adam is standing right next to her. Where's the mighty warrior at? Hello! Listen to what Genesis 3, 5 says. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be what? Like God, knowing good and evil. Isn't that the problem? I know what's best for me. So many people want to change Jeremiah 29, 11 to, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to, so I, uh, for I know the plans I have for me, says Nate Linseth. Plans to make me rich and amazingly strong hair. <laughs> but isn't it true that we go through our lives and we look at the things that God's given us, these pieces, and we say, God, what you've given me is not what I want. Well, the way I look, the gifts that I have, if you would have made me this or that or given me these type of parents or given me this type of job or provided life for me this way, this way, this way. And God, I do not like what you put in my hands. We don't always say it just like that, but there's a hint of truth there, isn't it? We look in the mirror and we're like, oh. We look at our bank account and we're like, oh. And then we go on social media and we scroll and we're like, oh, if only I looked like that. If only I had that. If only that was what, oh, I just wish, 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 wish. The problem is you're comparing the divine design for somebody else with you. And God's saying, I've got something even better for you. Way better than an imperial fighter. Or Imperial Transport, sorry for those. I could tell some Star Wars people like, eh, get it right, get it right. <laughs> Gonna fact check me here real quick. You see, the reason Paul can speak to this so clearly is because he lived it. You see, he was first Saul, and he's on a road traveling to kill Christians. And he is convinced that his plan for his life, his design is the right way. And it takes a light from heaven to shine and say, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why? And he's like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. What are you talking about? I, 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 forgive me. 
and he strikes him blind and he has to go in and then he heals him and he discovers the true faith in Christ Jesus and he goes from killing Christians to leading people to God. Why can he speak to this? Because he knows what it's like to think he was completely right with his life and then all of a sudden be faced with the truth. I had it completely wrong. I had it completely wrong. As you're listening to this message today, here's my prayer. That you would become fully alive. That you would not settle. Oh, I, I just believe this is, this is powerful. Some of us are settling for a life that God never intended you to settle for. A spiritual life that's rich, that's powerful. Some prayer warriors that will rise up and say, no, not on my watch. Some people that are saying, no, Portland's not going down. I'm going to take it with me to heaven in Jesus' name. Every person in Portland. Our vision here at Portland Christian Center, people are the prize. We are going to reach as many people as we can for God. Why? Because it's God's mission. We're doing his mission. He came to seek and to save that what was lost. But the truth is, if we won't recognize the fact that we need help to understand who we were designed to be, how can we help anybody else? How can, how can we help anybody else? So Paul tells us the reason so many Christians and so many people who don't know God are living a life that's not full, that's not alive. I love how one translation says the abundant life. Why are, so many, why are so many people do that? Because they're dead in their sins. So what do they do? If you go to the next verse in Ephesians, there's a big but. I love this. A big but. Verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. Oh, did you like that right there? Rich in mercy. You know what mercy is? Withholding of what you actually are deserved to receive. When you deserve punishment, he gave you a hug. When you deserve to die, he offers you life. When you deserve to be in prison and in chains, he set you free. That's how rich he is in mercy for you and for me. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Did you hear that? There is hope today, church. There's hope for your kids, your grandkids, your family. There is hope today because Jesus says, even when you're dead, I'm a moment away from setting you free and making you alive. Come on. I think there just needs to be something inside of us that says, man, what lie have I been believing? My kids will always be that way. My spouse will always be that way. My doctor's report will always be that way. You see, the lie is, is that you will be stuck in that way forever. But Jesus is saying, while you were still in that mess, in that brokenness, I have paid for you to be set free, to come alive. It is by grace you have been saved. Grace, the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? God knows where you are at all times. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For, oh, he's repeating it 
Anytime you see something repeat, we know to pay attention to, right? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of who? God. God. Not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has created you and me to be fully alive. The question is, will you be anchored in him? Because when I am anchored in God's divine design, I am fully alive. Some people are like, man, that's one text. Are you sure God wants me to be alive? Yes. Galatians 5, 1 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm there, therefore. That means be anchored and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So how does God set you free? How does God set you free? Number one, if you're writing this down, number one, by grace. He sets you free by grace. The unmerited favor of God. You didn't deserve it. He just poured it out on you. Someone say, yeah. Yeah. The second way, it's through faith. Through faith. Faith is so important. It's what you believe. It's what you're trusting And what's the third one? The third one and final one is not by works. So this idea that I can be over here and build my life and create such an amazing world where one day God will be so proud of me. I'm alive. Look, I made this. Look, look at me. God's saying, you have no idea the plans I have for you. The wonderful life I have prepared just for you. While we were dead, Christ died for us. There's hope for you. There's hope for your family. But the lie and the problem that so many people struggle with is that, and I've actually heard people say this, once I get my life figured out, I'll come back. You could be waiting a long time. When Myel and I were youth pastors, just a few years ago, back in the day, um, we were youth pastors and we made up a game at our winter camp. It was called Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare. And here was the game. We, I, I got a local nursery to give me um, an entire trailer load of pure dirt. And we took it out into a field and we dumped it everywhere, just pure dirt. And then we poured water on it. And then I got about 125 kids and we got them in teams. And we said the cleanest person at the end of it wins. That was the game. So here's what Myel and I look like. Boy, I had a good head of, and I didn't have a good head of hair then anyways. So I want you to leave that picture up there for a moment. I want you to look at that for a second. Imagine I walked up on this stage today and I look just like that. And someone might say, Pastor Nate, you got a little something on your face. And I told you, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Let me, let me just shake it off. Am I good? You're like, Pastor Nate, Pastor Nate. I mean, seriously, you, you got to know. You got to know that there's, I don't want to be rude or anything, but you got something in, in your eye. 
Yeah, if you... And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. Let me, just, let me just fix it, let me just fix it, let me just fix it. And you see, when people try to live their life their own way, and they try and clean themselves up, you know what's happening? They're showing up to places like this and thinking the whole world knows that they got it all together. But the truth is you're not fooling anybody. And I want to say this today. There are people in this church I was praying about this. There are people here today that if we were to be honest, there are things that you are trying to hide that are keeping you from being fully alive in Christ. You've got dead things in your soul that God wants to make brand new. But as long as you try to ignore it, avoid it, keep up the wall, guess what? He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to get clean. What you need is rivers of his grace, his mercy, his love to shower and pour upon you and wash you whiter than snow. If you're here today and you're living in sin and you're feeling like you are full of guilt and pain and shame, today is your day. Today is your day to be set free. You are a moment with Jesus away from having your life completely transformed. When I look at Portland Christian Center and I drive up this hill and I see these this beautiful crosses and these lights, you know what, every time Mael said it, the very first time we said this, you know what we saw? You're a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. And church, I want you to look at yourself for a second, if you can. Do you have a mirror? I don't know. I want you to introspectively think about yourself and remember, you are the light of the world. In Christ, that's who you are. In Christ, that's who you are. Because there will be people that will come through these doors that need to see people fully alive. In fact, it's happened at this church before. You see, there was a man that drove. Actually, we don't know how he got here. We don't think he drove. I asked many people here. They're not sure how he got here. But one day he showed up here at Portland Christian Center. Homeless. He'd been educated. He's an amazing musician. But he had lost everything. Tons of pain, tons of brokenness. And he showed up here and they received an offering. And he had nothing to give. And instead of giving money, you know what he did? He said, all I have is praise. And he started clapping. And this church began to love on this person, began to show him grace. And he became someone that attended faith builders for years and years and years. His name was Teddy Graham. And the thing about Teddy Graham, I've talked to different people about him, is that he was someone who knew what it was like to be dead that has come back to life. And when you meet somebody that you can see is fully alive in Christ, it changes you. And he had a message, and one of his greatest fears, Doug McClarty was telling me, was that he would be forgotten and that his message would not live on. Well, I'm here to tell you, and I want to show you that it's not forgotten. I want you to watch this for a moment. My name is Teddy Graham. And there's, a, there's a shot. I'm not going to be on this planet forever. But I want my class to know that. I want someone to pick up the baton and, and not leave my church without someone asking. 
the people in the church. Has anyone told you they love you today yet? Because I love you and Jesus loves you too. And I know once you carry this baton, it'll be a daunting task to do it. Sunday after Sunday and church after church. And eventually you will gravitate to tell those outside of church and ask them, has anybody told you they love you today yet? I love you and Jesus loves you too. Someone in my church needs to pick up this baton and carry it so that I will be forgotten, but the love baton will never be forgotten. Pass it along. Take up the cross. It is a daunting task and it's a little scary at first. But as you take those first baby steps, as you did as a Christian, with this baton, God will give you strength. He will give you courage. And you too will ask, has anyone told you they love you today yet? I do. And Jesus loves you too. When I see that video, I see a man anchored in Christ. Can we put that big idea up for a second? I want you to look at it. When I am anchored in God's divine design, I am fully alive. Did you not see that in Teddy's eyes? A man fully alive. He had cancer when he was recording that video and he passed away much, not much longer after that. And the more I talked to some of the people in this church about Teddy, the more I realized That's God's dream for us. That we would be fully alive. That we would put down our prejudices. That we would put down the things that divide us. That we would lay aside all the things, the broken and the pain and the hurt and the words that have been said. And we would look at each other and say, has anybody told you I love you? Well, I love you. And Jesus loves you to. We serve a God who makes dead things come to life. And maybe you're here today and you've been running from God and somehow you found yourself at Portland Christian Center at a church. The Holy Spirit's drawing you. Maybe you're online and you're watching this. The Holy Spirit's drawing you. Church, would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring in some people today. Whether you're online or in here and you need to come back to God. It's time to come home to the Father. If that's you, I want you to know you're loved. I love you and Jesus loves you. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? I wanna pray for you. It's time to come back home to God. Thank you, I see that hand. That's awesome. I see that hand in the balcony too, thank you. Another hand, that's amazing. Yes, I see those hands, thank you. Lots of hands, lots of hands. And there's more online, I'm sure. Make sure you put that in the chat, we'll follow up with you. With church, would you, the whole church, would you just pray this with me? Dear Jesus, thank you that while I was dead, you came to me you set me free and now I'm alive I put my trust in you I'm going to follow you all the days of my life in Jesus
Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap for his. Amen. Church, would you stand with me just for a moment? We're almost done. This next part of the message, I'm so grateful for everyone that raised your hand in salvation. We want to follow up with you and make sure that happened. But this next part is the one I've been praying for. You see, there are people in this room that have a picture of your life and it does not look the way you thought it would look. You're disappointed. You're disappointed. You're angry. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you're bitter. Things have not gone the way you wanted them to go. God's going to make it right today. And how's he going to make it right, Pastor Nate? He's going to start with your heart. Because the picture that you think it needs to look like may not be matching what he says it's supposed to look like. It's better. It's actually better. So we're going to have the prayer partners come in. If that's you, we would love to pray with you. But the second one is this. If there's sin in your life, you've got mud all over you and the lie is that you think no one can see it. Even if nobody can see it, you know. There's nothing worse than putting your head on the pillow and having a life that everyone, you think everyone thinks is this way, but you're over here. A divided heart and a divided mind is no way to live. But we have a God that says, even when that brokenness, I've come to set you free. I've come to set you free. So if I could have the prayer partners go ahead and come forward and as we get ready to sing this song, I want to encourage you. Come to the altars and receive prayer and healing. One last thing. If you are like, man, Pastor Nate, I love God. I'm not, I don't think I'm struggling with that. I think I'm doing pretty good. But I have no idea what my divine design is. I have no idea what God wants me to do. Next month, we're starting something called Starting Point, And we're going to walk you through how to discover your gifts in the body of Christ. We're going to help you become all that God's called you to be. I would encourage you to make sure you sign up. It'll be well worth your time. Because all of us need to know who we were made to be. All of us need to know what we were designed to do. And your first ministry is always this, to love God. Can I pray for you? So Father, I pray for every person that is here. As some that are contemplating right now coming down and getting prayer. I rebuke the lies of the enemy that they don't need prayer. If someone's here with sin, I pray that they would come and confess. Your word declares that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your freedom is here. It's because of Jesus. Being anchored in Jesus will set you free. If that's you today, don't wait. Just go ahead and start coming down. We would love to pray with you. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's just someone who's about to become fully alive in Jesus' name. We would love to pray with you. Let's worship together as we pray. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com. Or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pc.
cctoday.com.